Transform your home and make space for more fulfillment and joy. Get personalized help with transforming your home from a nationally recognized professional organizer. Are you ready to commit to making a lasting change? Presenting the Clear Space, Clear Mind virtual organizing sessions. Simply visit www.barbiejoe.com to book your session today. Hi, this is Barbie Joe, and you are listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. This is a show for busy moms and families where we talk about household order and function. We'll discuss tricks of the trade and systems to improve family life and managing a household. Hello, everyone. Barbie Joe here, and welcome to another episode of Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Today, we are talking about overcoming trials, tragedy, and trauma. Get unstuck so you can move beyond undone to live undefeated. You were created for victory, but you have to claim it. Today, I want to introduce you to Elizabeth. She is an Air Force Academy graduate, the wife of a full afterburner fighter pilot, and the mother of eight energetic children. This dynamic combination leads to no small amount of chaos in her day-to-day life. The sudden death of her preborn son, Timothy, radically altered the course of Elizabeth's life. Having come through a season of doubting God's faithfulness, she shares her personal journey from trial to triumph to help others overcome adversity so they can live with joy and purpose. In addition to being an author, Liz is also the host of a podcast, Resilient Life Hacks where she and her fascinating guests share messages of hope and healing through inspirational stories and practical applications. I am so excited to have Liz on today. Welcome to the show. Now tell us a little bit about where you came from and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk to you today. I I chuckled when I saw the title of your podcast because I'm like, oh, I have been lost in the laundry for so many years. This is perfect. Um, but um, I kind of had a happy childhood growing up, you know, everything went along smoothly. I didn't really have a lot of trials early on. And so I didn't, you know, get early experience in handling those, which is a good thing. But I, I think it kind of, you know, it made it harder than to to go through a big chunk of my life without really struggling and with things coming easily. Um, and then, you know, ultimately having to deal with this huge tragedy. But um, I I became a, a Christian as a young child, but didn't really understand, you know, how that was supposed to impact my life until I was away at college. And so I kind of had this transactional view of God of like, if I do all these things on the do list and avoid these things on the don't list, then my life will be happy and blessed and everything's going to be great. And for many years, it did work like that. <laughs> and then um, I really felt just a nudge to to be willing to trust God with our family planning. And it was really difficult for me. It was a big surrender, um, but I did. And then when I lost my baby in the second trimester, it was like a double surrender again. You know, he asked me to surrender again after I had gone through all this work to, to get to that point where I was willing to, to let God take charge in that part of my life. And so I really just went through a very dark period of, um, just, I had depression, um, like I lived with untreated depression for five years. I think at first I didn't really know what it was I was 
struggling with. And unfortunately, our our culture doesn't really know how to process the grief of a child who wasn't born yet. Mm-hmm. So I was just stuck in this limbo place where, you know, I had lost a child and I was trying to cope with that. But to other people, nothing had happened. You know, it's like, hey, what's wrong with you? Move on. So I just really struggled for a long time. And I felt like because I was struggling and because I couldn't find help and because I prayed and I felt like my prayers just bounced off the ceiling, that that meant God didn't love me. He didn't care about me either. So I kind of not exactly turned away from my faith, but I I was kind of grumpy towards God and kind of angry and bitter. And, um, you know, I still kind of went through all the motions, you know, going to church and what have you. But I I felt disconnected uh, spiritually. It was a kind of an icy relationship <laughs> between God and I for many years. And I, this whole time, you know, I just tried to kind of paste on the smile and act like everything was okay because people told me I should be okay. You know, it, it's not a big deal. You should move on. And and I, I just struggled with, you know, a Christian is supposed to be happy and joyful and peaceful. And here I am depressed and anxious. What is wrong with me? And I couldn't figure it out. I, I felt bad physically. I felt bad emotionally. Uh, my thinking was, I call it now poisoned thinking. You know, at the time I couldn't see it. I couldn't see how twisted my thinking was, but, uh, you know, I was really just in a bad place. And so eventually the pain of staying the way I was <laughs> exceeded the pain of making changes. And I, I just decided I can't live this way anymore. And so I talked to my husband and he's like, yes, we need to get you help. You know, I'm fully supportive. And I didn't really know what the root cause was, you know, am I, am I exhausted because I'm depressed or am I feeling depressed and demotivated because I'm, you know, there's something physically wrong and I'm so tired. So I just decided to attack the situation on all four fronts is what I, that's my military terminology, my military background coming out. So I just took baby steps physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And just, you know, what's one little thing that I can do to improve in this area? There wasn't any big dramatic thing, but gradually over time, healing began, you know, as I, I saw healing and strength in these different areas. And, and I tried to, I started reconnecting with God and, you know, I had a quiet time, you know, I started reading my Bible again and, and praying again, you know, talking to God again. And I was journaling during that time. Uh, my counselor actually advised me because I wasn't always depressed. I was kind of up and down. So she said, when you're not feeling down in the dumps, write a letter to your depressed self telling you why you have a reason to hope. And so I did. I wrote that. So it's my my not depressed self writing to my depressed self. And three quarters of the way through that notebook, I'm like, I think I'm writing a book. I think other people could could benefit from what I'm telling my depressed self. And so that's ultimately what became the the books. It got it grew to be too big. I get, I realized I had more to say than I thought it did. So I split it up into three. So the first book is Undefeated. That one's already out. The second book is Undaunted, and it's coming out later this year. It's at the editors right now. And then the third book is Unshakable, and that one I haven't written fully yet. It's just kind of an outline. So that's kind of the the journey that I've been on these last few years. And now I'm in a place where I feel so much better. I mean, life is not perfect, but my my faith is now rooted on a deeper foundation of not God doing everything the way I think he should but just that trust that he loves me no matter what, that he'll never abandon me no matter what. And um, I really just want to reach out to other people, you know, particularly moms. I feel like we we don't do a good job often of self-care. You know, for me with with eight children, I was pregnant or nursing or both for like 14 years straight. 
And so, you know, I mean, I never went to the bathroom alone. <laughs> I'm sure you know how that is. But um, so I'm really big on, on self-care, on mamas. You need to take care of yourself in order to take care of your family. And it's not selfish. Self-care is not selfish. It's necessary. And that looks different for different people. You know, for me, I needed to go seek Christian counseling. I started on a medication that helped me kind of stabilize so I could get to a place where I could do healthy things. I um, started exercising more and, you know, fixed some things with my diet. So there were a lot of different baby steps that I did, but these are part of my self-care routine that now I make a priority. Um, and I just think that's really important Um Particularly, like I said, for moms and, and for women in general, we tend to take care of everybody else first and ourselves last. And that that doesn't lead us to good places. Wow. That is an incredible journey. And that's amazing that you have been able to publish your your thoughts and your journaling. That wow, what a useful tool to share to the world. That is so amazing. And I'm so excited for these next two books to come out. Congratulations, first of all, and way to turn your trials into triumphs. Now, tell us a little bit about what it was like losing a son. I can only imagine. I have five myself. You have eight. I mean, any, I I can't even wrap my mind around it. So how was your experience? Yeah, it was really, really difficult. I was totally unprepared for it. And I, it was my sixth pregnancy. So I had five little ones at home. All my kids are roughly two years apart, you know? So, um, I had a toddler, you know, all the way up to nine, I think, or 10. And, you know, I had, I had had all these, you know, connections and these relationships with these other children. And I just immediately bonded with this child that I was carrying, you know, as I think moms often do. And so he was, um, my experience was, more like a stillbirth. He was actually less than 20 weeks. So technically it's classified as a miscarriage and the hospital wouldn't issue me a death certificate. They wouldn't return his body, you know, these kinds of things because of his age. And then, you know, some people are like, oh, well, good thing you weren't further along. And to me, that was like saying, well, good thing your child died when he was three, not five, because you would have been more attached later. Oh my gosh. So it was just really hard for me because I I felt the same level of grief I would have felt if I had lost any of my other children, but nobody else got that, you know, because to to the rest of the world, that baby hadn't really existed yet. You know, the pregnancy was just more a promise of a future baby, but the, I, it was, he was still born at my parents' house. We were on vacation and it was just, it was kind of a sudden abrupt thing. You know, I wasn't prepared for it. I didn't realize that he had already passed away probably a few days, maybe a week prior. And, you know, so his, his body was born and, you know, I could hold him in the palm of my hand. He was just, you know, a perfect little baby, but tiny. Um, but the ho- we went to the hospital afterwards and they refused to call him a child or refer to him <gasps> as, they, they just called him the products of conception. No. And I'm like, I can understand you know, if it's early on and you can't really tell, you know, what part is baby and what part is placenta or these different things. But, but this was just, just his little tiny body and they refused to acknowledge his humanity. And that just really broke my heart. It was really just, you know, people kind of dismissing it and saying, you have no reason to be sad. This child never existed. Uh. And so that was so hard for me because I'm like in my mommy heart of hearts, I knew he existed and I knew that I loved him. And I, I just, I didn't know what to do with all that grief. You know, if I, if, 
I had lost my baby after he was born, there would have been an outpouring of, you know, help or sympathy or or something. But I, I think, you know, people just don't know what to do. I think we're not prepared of how to handle that. And then being a military family, we move around a lot. So we were kind of in between peer groups at that point in my life. So the people who knew that I was pregnant moved away right after it happened. <laughs> and then this whole new class of people came in. And so I'm meeting people for the first time. And you know, the common question is, well, how many children do you have? You know, I mean, that seems harmless, right? But I, I struggled to answer just that simple question because I I felt like if I said five, then I was denying the fact that he ever existed. I was joining the rest of this, what I considered a conspiracy theory <laughs> at the yeah. time that my baby was was not real. But if I said six and they're like, well, where's your sixth child? You know, then then I had to go into explaining how he passed away and they kind of went, oh, and then they leave and not ever talk to me again. <laughs> so it was just this really hard place to try to deal with grief in that kind of weird situation. Well, people don't understand. Uh, well, mothers do. But as soon as you hear that heartbeat, that child is yours. Mm-hmm. You are bonded and you are in love. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What an what a trial on multiple levels. So you have obviously come out on the other end. So tell us what are the keys to overcoming that adversity? Yeah. So my, my second book is more on the nitty gritty, like the nuts and bolts of what I do on those. I mentioned earlier, I started on four areas, physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And then I've added, since added a fifth one of just our will or our motivation, because we have to have the will to do the other things. Um, so my book kind of just talks on those five areas of how we build strength and resilience in all five areas of our life and how they're all integrated. And I think sometimes we tend to think of them as disconnected. You know, we put our spiritual life over here and we put our health and fitness over here and we put our mental health over here, but they're all integrated and one feeds off the other. They affect each other. Um, you can have a, a physical or chemical problem that affects your mood or how your mind works. Um, or you can have an emotional trauma that's not fully dealt with that manifests itself in physical ailments. You know, so there, it's not as cut and dry as we like to make, as we like to think that it is. And, um, so I really just encourage people to, to take steps in all these areas and getting healthier and stronger physically and mentally and emotionally and spiritually. And, um, I've kind of broken it down into, I'll just go through like the the basic things of, you know, will often has to just do with persistence of not giving up, not quitting when it gets hard. Um, For the heart, one of the healthiest things we can do, and I'm sure you've, you've heard this is gratitude. I, it's, it's so hard to be grumpy when we're grateful for what we already have. And, you know, even if it's just the small things and um, mentally for me, like I said, my, my thinking was messed up and it was so life-changing to me when I realized that just because I have a thought doesn't mean it's true and it doesn't mean it's earned the right to take up real estate in my head, mm-hmm. that I can evaluate my thoughts and go, is that really true? You know, are, are people really intentionally, maliciously being mean to me. No, they're not. They're they're just saying the first thing that pops into mind and they don't realize how that hurts me. And so just forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. It's, you know, so just reprocessing the way that everything 
happened in my life, instead of it, seeing all these things as evidence that God doesn't love me or doesn't care about me or people are being mean to me, you know, to just see it for, for what it is. Life is hard. God's with me even when I don't see him. And, and people are doing the best that they can. And we, we all, you know, I was stumbling through the situation too. I didn't, I didn't know what I needed or, or how to ask for help. Right. I think it's not so much what happens to us in life, but how we interpret it. And, and that's where our thoughts come into play. So really being, think about what we think about and evaluate those thoughts and say, is this true? Is this thought serving me well? Is it worthy of keeping? And if it's not, tell it to get lost because there are so many negative tapes that we have that just play on repeat in the background in our subconscious, even like we may not even be aware of that we're saying these things to ourselves. And, you know, sometimes it's a comment somebody made to us in the past that we cling to for whatever reason. Sometimes it's a comment we tell ourselves about who we are. And often, you know, if you listen carefully to your voice and the way you talk to yourself, you would never say that to somebody else. You know, I, I speak to myself so much worse than I would ever talk to my children or to a friend. And, and that's just not right. We need to love ourselves. It says, love your, your neighbor as you love yourself. We have to love ourselves too. And sometimes that sounds weird or feels selfish, but it's really not. It's really, um, knowing who we are and that we are valuable and worthy of love. And until we like receive that love and process it for ourselves is really difficult to give it to others. Sorry. I went a little bit longer on mind, but. <laughs> No, That's what I'm so passionate good. about. And then, of course, spirit is just, you know, connecting with God through prayer time. You know, I, I read my Bible every day. That's where I get the truth, you know, to counteract the lies that I believe. Um, and a lot of it is just, you know, believing who Jesus says I am and not believing who I think I am or who the world tells me I am, uh, but believing who he says I am. And so that's, that. you know, my relationship with God is where the real strength and power comes through. And so those are, those are kind of the five areas that I like to touch on. Of course, there's a lot more because I, there's a chapter on each one (laughs) in my second book. And uh, then I also have a chapter on depression and a chapter on anxiety. And obviously I'm not an expert. I'm not, you know, I don't have a degree in anything. So this is just a fellow person in the trenches saying what's, what's helped to me. Hopefully it will help others. And, you know, everybody's different. And I think that's part of where the persistence and the will, the motivation comes in is we, sometimes we just have to keep trying different things or, you know, try a different counselor till we find the one that works or try a different antidepressant till we get the one that, that works. So, um, you know, it's definitely a process. It's not a snap your fingers and, and you're whole again sort of thing. Right. I think this type of information is almost more valuable than, you know, the person with the PhD that knows all the facts and the science behind it, because you're the one actually experiencing it. You're applying it. You're living through it. And those are the real testimonials, the real advice that, that people want to live by or, or receive because you know firsthand what someone else is experiencing. So I think this is amazing that you're doing this. Oh, thank you. I read a couple of books from, um, people who were experts and <laughs> this is how you need to manage depression and it was almost condemning it was like this is all your fault you just need to stop thinking that way and think this way and that just didn't work for me so um i i really had a lot i struggled with a lot of questions those unanswerable questions that we all have of you know why does a good god allow suffering why why do babies die you know all these kinds of things that have no real clear answer and these things kept me awake at night and and i couldn't find answers and i I wanted to understand God, but I realized eventually 
that I don't actually want a God that I can understand. I want a God that I can trust even when I don't understand because a God who's small enough for me to understand wouldn't be worthy of my worship. He wouldn't be able to help me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't even understand myself, <laughs> right? <laughs> let alone oh the God of the universe, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So that was huge for me. Just being okay with the mystery of God and learning to just trust his heart that he loves me regardless of anything else, anything I do, anything that's going on in my life. You know, it is unconditional, just boundless love and getting a, a firm grip on that mentally and emotionally has just really been the key for me. That's incredible. And I'm looking here. Does it really say that you are giving this book away for free? Yeah, it's a digital copy. So there's, I have a, if you just go to my website, elizabethmyers.me slash free book, you can sign up there and I'll send you the digital copy of it. Cause I feel like it's just such an important message. Um, you know, that I, I don't want money to, to stand in the way for people. Um, and so I give that out as a gift to people who listen to podcasts that I'm on. That is incredible. Wow. Way to give back. That is amazing. I was just going to say, I feel just really compelled to give back. I don't want anyone else to ever feel the aloneness or the hopelessness that I felt. And I just want people to know that there's always a reason to hope, even if you can't see it. Um, I think depression and then suicide, I think, is the ultimate, you know, giving up of hope. And I just want to encourage everyone out there who may feel that they're in a hopeless situation, that it's not as hopeless as it looks. There are things that you don't see and you just need to trust in those and, and get the help that you need. Oh, I love that. Thank you for contributing to this topic and being able to to contribute to the world and just be a, a bright light to those that that need direction. And thank you. I am definitely going to include all of this information in the show notes so everybody can get their hands on your book. Thanks for having me on. It's really been a pleasure talking to you and, and for giving me the opportunity to share the message that I have because I believe there are people out there that need to hear this. Thank you for listening to Don't Get Lost in the Laundry. Don't forget to check out my website at barbiejoe.com. And if you liked this episode, you've got to subscribe. I'd love to have you join me. Bye for now. Bye.